from the campuses of Catholic Ladies College Eltham. You're listening to CLC Live on Live FM. I'm your host, Olivia Delpra, and my co-host here is Paige O'Toole. Today, our very special guest is Mandy, who does amazing things for her community. So Mandy, thank you so much for coming today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much and thanks for having me. Um, so can you just quickly explain to our audience about what your job is? My work job or my volunteer job? My work job? Um, both. <laughs> so my real day job, um, I work for a company called Walters Kluwer. Um, They're a Dutch company and some people might know them, well, you will when you get older. Um, they do a lot of um, publishing for things like the Master Tax Guide. They do a lot of medical publishing as well. But I work in the software side. So I actually coordinate um, for multiple um pieces of software in the cloud to actually be upgraded and deployed around the world. So we have about 180 um, environments around the world and I have to work with clients all over the world to get them upgraded in time. That's really cool. Yeah. You do a lot of work around women's sports like the WNBL and AFLW. You do a weekly podcast with some AFLW players. So can you please share with the audience a bit more about what you do in relation to these two sports and why it's so important to make sure that women get their voice in sports. Absolutely. Um, It's been a very long time that women don't have the same um, pay or the same times or anything in, um, in particularly in sport, but also in, in work life too sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better in work. Um, but um, for basketball, for 35 years, I was a statistician and a, and a um, score table official um, at local basketball first and then into um, the, the likes of the WNBL and the NBL, but particularly WNBL for women. I coordinated the statistics team for... Uh, what were the bullying boomers? They're now uh, southeast Melbourne, I think now. Yeah. Um, and um, so I spent many, many years coordinating people to do that. Lots and lots of basketball grand finals. Mm. Bullying were really good, um, and a lot of fun. So um, we did that for a long time. And and in that time, women's basketball's come a long way. We've had some really good players, and that's allowed. Um, our women's team to actually do better than the men's team, particularly at the Olympics level. Yeah. So it's meant that the women's sport is actually getting a lot more traction than it used to get, which is awesome because they play they play better than the men. Yeah. They don't have the fake allowed to dribble and, you know, um, travel. Um, their sport is a lot more pure, I yeah. think, um, mm-hmm. doing it for a long time. I much prefer to watch the women play than yeah. the men play. Um we got to see the first women's dunk about um, in competition sport um, quite a few years ago in a Commonwealth Games oh, wow. in um, England yeah. um, and that was actually an Australian player. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, so that was um, Elizabeth Cambage. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, she's not playing anymore. She's um, had some personal issues that um, aren't, don't have her playing anymore but there's some amazing players in women's sport and they've come a long way. And then for the women's football, just in the last two seasons, um, that's come a long way too. And we've just started doing a podcast called The Debrief. Um, and we sometimes we interview the women, but mostly we just talk about the way they play, um, how they've gone this week, who they're going to play next week. Yeah. And we try and take little pieces of information, like one segment we talk about, try and talk about things that are that are difficult or that have problems. So particularly for the women, there's a new ent- enterprise bargaining agreement that's just come out that's allowed them to get a much better pay. So yeah. the average pay now for women is about $67,000. Yeah, that's really important. It is because it means they don't have to work full time. 
And these girls are working full time, some of them, and trying to play an elite sport, trying to get traction, and it's really, really hard for them. So um, it's really awesome that they've got that. I think they need more games. We've now got 18, all 18 teams in the comp. So we need to find a place that's going to work that that advocates for them, that gets them more game time, that gets them more seen, that gets more people watching them so that they've got a a place in the community and they can do what they love to do. Mm. It's really important. So this is really like a step towards the future of making everyone equal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's really important. And having as many people going to games and watching games because that's what the AFL have built into the contract. So they've built in a minimum number of people watching on TV and a minimum number of average people going to games. Yeah. So as we have to get as many people going to them to get the women the best opportunity they can to do what they want to do. They just want to play football like the men did. Yeah. Pre-COVID, you coordinated for your staff to volunteer cooking breakfast for the homeless Wednesday a month for 10 years. Why is volunteer work like this so important for not only the people that are directly affected but the surrounding community as well? I think one of the most important things, and it's intimidating cooking breakfast for homeless people. It's a bit scary. Um, But you've got, um, we did it in a church and um, it's really important because it allows you to understand how these people live mm-hmm. and why they've why they've become homeless. Some of them are coming in because all the money they have goes into maybe finding accommodation but they can't eat yeah. because they don't have enough money to eat. Some of them um, might have some mental health issues. We know in the community nowadays there's not places for people with mental health issues to go. Yeah. So yeah. they'd have to live on the streets. And for women, can you imagine how scary that would be yeah. to have to live on the streets? So they have to find their own little communities together yeah. and they have to find places like the place I worked for was Anglicare. Um, so we would also, um, I'd raise money by selling chocolates and lollies and chips mm. in my office yeah. and we'd try and give them as much money as we could to help fund projects like having a special Christmas breakfast mm. or lunch once yeah. a year and things like that. So, yeah. And I suppose like since COVID has hit, those numbers of maybe people living on the streets has really gone up. I, I think it has. Um, the problem has been that the um, community group that I've worked with called Anglicare don't um, – have the opportunity to get people in as much. It's a little bit more difficult now with COVID. We have to be a lot safer. But certainly I go into, I still go into town two days a week with my work. I work remotely three days a week and go into town two days a week. And there certainly is a lot more homeless people on the streets again now. Mm. But it's interesting because I've managed to establish, because I did it for 10 years, I know quite a few of them. Mm. So I can still stop and have a chat and see how they're going and, and um, make sure that they're okay. Yeah. So obviously in your profession where you were working with young women, you would have a lot of experience with the issues that they are facing. What do you think some of the major problems that women face today? I think sometimes, I mean, I'm very lucky. The company I work for now, the CEO is a woman yeah, and more than half of the executive are women. Yeah. So for us, we're really, really lucky. We're in a company of 20,000 employees. Um Asia Pacific's a little bit forgotten, so they don't necessarily um, see us as much. But it's a really interesting time to be working and to see how women can be more empowered. There are a lot more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do anything you want to do. You can decide that you want to go into what was a male-dominated field of IT 
um, and just jump in and do it, yeah. which is awesome. Um, what do you think has helped this? Like it was a, um, because I know social media has a big impact on how women see each other and their jobs and careers and peer support pressure. So how do you yeah. think that's going to affect it? I agree. And it's I think it's um, good that you can see women doing the things that you want to do now. So, yes, there's a lot more social media out there. There's a lot more companies that are prepared to endorse women that are, um, you know, when I was younger, if you – um, wanted to have a baby and you went on maternity leave, then you didn't get enrolled for p- promotions and things like that. And I think it's finally come to the age now where people can see that just having a baby and being away for nine months doesn't mean that you can't do the job just as well as anyone else. Yeah. You're earning the same amount of money as anyone else Some most of the time, not always. Yeah. There's still a little bit of a pay gap, yeah. which I think is being thanks to social media and thanks to women being in high-powered positions, they're proving the, the old stereotypes that we weren't as good yeah. or as able to do things wrong. So yeah. it means that there's places for you guys to go. You've got anything you want to do, you can do, which is really cool. Like a stereo- stereotypical life of a woman. But yeah. All those are getting It's scrapped. all blown out the window yeah. now. And, it, you know, there were stereotypes that you had to be you had to get married and you had to have children, children and clean all those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. And they're gone now. Yeah. You can do those as well as you want, but your partner can do that for you yeah, as well. Exactly. So I know people who the part the dad actually took time off to look after the kids because the woman's job was more high powered. So yeah. she went back to work and he stayed home and looked after the kids. And I think that's awesome. It's yeah. a really good thing for yeah. Australia to see. Yeah, the world to see actually. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so important that we try to address and fix issues such as homelessness? It's a tough one, homelessness. Um, and um, it's it's really important to give people respect and dignity and I think that's what doesn't happen with homelessness. I also think it's difficult because there are some people out there that are taking advantage of it. So there are yeah. some people that aren't homeless that are actually begging on the streets and yeah. pretending that they need it and taking money from people that don't really need it. But there's some really good opportunities now. The company called The Big Issue that do the magazine that allow you to – so those people purchase the magazine for a much cheaper price and every magazine they sell, they actually get income from. So there are people that are giving these homeless people opportunities um, to try and get out of that situation. Yeah, they're like um, non-for-profit organisations that are really trying to help them and boost them, giving them a booster to start a new life. Yeah, and that's – look, it's not going to work for all everyone. Yeah. But for those that really want help, there's really good opportunities out there yeah. if they can find them. So for those who are just tuning in, I'm Olivia Del Pryor, your host, and my co-host here is Paige O'Toole. You're listening to CLC Live on Live FM, broadcasting from Catholic Ladies College, Eltham. Our star guest today is Mandy, who does amazing things for her community. So, Mandy, uh, what is the highlight of your career so far? Highlight of my career. It's interesting because I've had so many different jobs, which is quite unusual. Um, but so far, probably one of the things was actually getting back to work. Yeah. Um, I had a car accident back in um, 1999 mm. and wasn't able to work. And I had to start again right from scratch at the age of 27. Yeah. So that's pretty tough. So my highlight was actually going back to work and finding work that I could do. But in my current job, 
what's actually really cool is we're using new technologies every day to make my work life easier, to make sure that I can provide the best information to my work colleagues about how our clients are using their products or what versions they're on and things like that. So I get to learn new technologies every day, um, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and I suppose like technology has really flourished over the past few years. And so that would definitely benefit lots of other jobs. Yeah, absolutely. So I started using, I still do, I use about seven Excel spreadsheets every day. But we're starting, you know, Microsoft Teams means that I can work in Queensland and still do my job in the office as well, yeah. which is really cool. So there's lots of technology and things that make everybody's work life easier. And yeah. um, would this also help like addressing issues? I think through so. Through homelessness and like podcasting the AFLW team? Yeah, absolutely. So it means that um, people can have jobs where they don't have to be stuck in an office. So it means something for the women's team if they could find a job like I have, they could have time to go to training and and still work um, and do all the things that need to do for football. And I suppose like technology is really good to addressing these issues, trying to spread the word to everyone. Absolutely. About this. Like your podcast. Yeah, like our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So were you always interested in supporting the community, whether that be in ways of making a podcast with AFLW stars or being an official in sporting events such as the Commonwealth Games and various basketball games or even making breakfast for the homelessness? I think. I like to help people. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a pretty easy task to do. The basketball stuff came probably almost by mistake. Yeah. Um, my brother was playing championship on a Friday night. His coach said, can you just take some stats for me? And then evidently I did it so well, um, it sort of flourished from there. And in those days too, there weren't a lot of people doing that. Yeah. So, yes, I've got to go to the Olympics in 2000 through basketball. Wow. Meet yeah. some people from all over the world. That's impressive. I worked in sports-specific area for basketball. So, I mean, I got to sit courtside in the Paralympics, mm-hmm. which was also amazing. I love yeah. working in disability sport too. Yeah. Um, and to see the um, enjoyment on the people in disabilities face, being able to play basketball or wheelchair rugby, yeah. they were the sports I was involved in. It was intellectually disabled basketball too at some stages as well. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then in 2006 I got to do the Commonwealth Games um, and that was really amazing. Yeah. Um, I was. Um, I actually was a technical official so I was a statistician. We got given a brand new basketball program a week before the game started. Wow. Competition started and we had to learn a whole new port calling oh. protocol. And guess who got the first game? me (laughs) so it's fun but it's also challenging and it's how you deal with those challenges in life that makes the difference yeah so it's really good that like you sort of encourage the Paralympians especially like it's it doesn't mean that if you I don't know if you're disabled or if you uh it's like really encouraging everyone so that's why the Commonwealth, uh, the Paralympian Games are so important to inclusive. For yeah, everyone. it is. It's really inclusive. And in fact, they get to do some more, they get to do things that they probably wouldn't have done. Yeah. They get to swatch, switch sports. Yeah. Because in, a, um, in the normal athlete, athlete's world, it's a lot harder sometimes to play to get to your elite level. But yeah. at Paralympic sport, um, one of the ladies I met was a tennis player. Um, but she swapped to basketball and that's yeah. how she met her husband. <laughs> oh, wow. What inspired you to make a change in the community? Um, 
my aunt and my dad. So my dad does a lot of community work. He still does. He's in his 80s and he still does Neighbourhood Watch and he still does um, local community things as well. And my aunt was a social worker for the company I ended up doing the volunteering breakfast for. So that's how I got the contact to do that. Yeah, wow. So um, what do you aspire for for the future and what change would you like to see in not only the community but your profession as well? I think technology is going to change my profession hugely. Artificial intelligence is the big thing and it's the big buzzword at the moment in my profession. Um, I don't quite think it's going to make my life or my role defunct, but that's the scary part for a lot of people at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Is there a lot of, they're really worried that artificial intelligence is going to, to mean that they don't have jobs. The unknown. Yeah, it's the unknown factor. So it's a matter of just making sure you can empower yourself with enough knowledge and build your skills yeah. so that you're, you've got new job you've got new opportunities and you can find things and that's what I've always tried to do just keep yeah. building my skills and learning from as many people as possible yeah and um and in in terms of community I really want to see our women's team being able to play um in the in the football 18 games of 17 games play every single team yeah and I was my idea my bright idea is I would like to see us play at the same time as the men's competition mm. equally yeah we don't have to play before or after. I think maybe the day after or the day before. But if our men's team's going to Perth to play Fremantle, why can't our women's team? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's cheaper for the football club because all of the team can travel together. The men play on the Friday night. The women play on the Saturday afternoon. The supporters that travel, they just stay an extra day. So you've still got the audience. Um so it's really exciting times if we can look towards that. Next year it'll be 11 games instead of 10 games for oh, the wow. season. But there's times where we haven't played. We've only played teams, nine, eight, season eight. We played two teams this year for the first time ever oh and they've gosh. been in the competition as long as we have. So it's not even but we need to make it so. Yeah. And it'll happen. There's enough people to advocate for it. It really will happen. Yeah, yeah it's really these little steps. Yeah. yeah. I'm playing on the same oval as well. Like you never, when you watch the AFLW, you never really see them playing on the, say, the MCG. There's been a couple of games, particularly for Melbourne. So Melbourne Football Club have been amazing in their, um, they've done a lot of firsts. They were the first to introduce a women's team. Um, they did it in, change their name for Indigenous mm. rounds. Um, so Melbourne have had our women. We had our women playing on the MCG before the men's games. We had one where we played after the men's game. Yeah. The audiences aren't going to stay all the time. But if we can at least get people watching them and seeing how good the competition is, the top teams are amazing to watch. Yeah. yeah. They're just as athletic as the men. They're as tough as the men. Yeah. And, yes, we have to make some modifications. The ball comes in a little bit and they change the rules a little bit so that out of bounds becomes what they call the the lasso where the ball goes back to the opposition straight away. But it allows it to be really fast and Mm free-flowing and allows people to watch and say, hey, that's really cool. Yeah, I might go and watch that. And really like promoting this would be really important. Yeah, it is. To let everyone know. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. The more we we advocate, the more we get people watching, the more we get people turning up, um, the better it is for all of the women's teams and for all women in sport. Because once we get the AFLW going again, we find another sport that needs it and we advocate for that one next. Yeah, exactly. What is your advice to anyone who might want to make a change in their community? 
Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do the research. Sometimes you've got to find people. So use your contacts. Use yeah. mum and dad. Use your teachers. Um, use whoever you can find to find the contacts you need to build it. And don't let the first person that says no stop you from doing it. Find Any- someone else and keep going. Yeah. yeah. Anyone can make a change. Absolutely. Just like the younger generations like us, we really need to know that. We really need to know that yeah. you have a voice and you can say it. Yeah, absolutely. And don't let the first door that closes stop you from keeping going. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. keep going. Take yeah. every opportunity. Yep, take it all yeah. and, and learn. Take it. If, it. if it doesn't go right the first time, find another way to make it work. Yeah. If it's really what you want to do, then that's what you've got to do. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Mandy, for coming. I'm sure all of our listeners would find you super inspiring just like me and Paige did today. So I'm your host, Olivia Del Pra, and my co-host here is Paige Tool. You're listening to CLC Live on Live FM, broadcasting straight from the campuses of Catholic Ladies College. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you.